Um, when you really think about it, when you really think about it, all that Jesus has done for us, it really is, we can sing that with all power, that no wonder we call him Savior, right? No wonder we call him Jesus. I mean, my goodness. Ooh, it's good. Ooh, man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, so Luke chapter number 5. Uh, Luke chapter number 5. Uh, if you if you're not if you have your Bible and you're not familiar with your Bible and, and different places of where things are, you can look at the very beginning in the table of contents, and so you'll see an Old Testament and a New Testament. Luke is found in your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Okay, so the third book of the New Testament, third book of the Gospels, what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so Luke chapter number five, Luke chapter number five. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible with you, you don't have it, that's okay. Uh, we'll put it up here on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you let me know or let one of the leaders know, and we'll make sure you have a Bible next week, okay? We want you to have God's Word in your hand, uh, but if you didn't bring one or don't have one, that's okay. We're going to put them on the screen. So hopefully, either you're looking in your Bible at Luke 5, or you're looking on the screen. If you're there, say, I'm there. Yeah. All right. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets and their net brake. And they beckoned their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for bringing us into this place. And Lord God, as we have worshipped you, and really, Lord God, I feel like today, especially, Lord God, in this service, Lord God, we gave it everything we had. We gave it everything we had in the, in, the, in the singing, and we lifted our voices in praise to you. And so, Lord God, as much as we put into the, the singing service, Lord God, I pray we would put that much into the word. That, Lord, we would see this as something that, that can change our lives, that we could take this and receive it as, as something that we, can, we need to put into place in our lives. We need to be obedient to it. And that, Lord, what, what truly what, what Jesus called these fishermen to do is the same thing He's calling us to do in the world that we live in right now. And so, Lord God, I pray if there be any person in this room, Lord God, that, Lord, first of all, has any distractions on their heart or mind, Lord, I pray those distractions will fade away. Lord God, I pray if there's anybody on the sound of my voice right now, that if they're, for whatever reason they, come, they came with a hardened heart or closed ears, Lord God, I pray you soften their heart and open their ears. 
And Lord God, I pray that we would leave out of here different than what we came in. That Lord, we would be challenged and we'd be challenged in a way to live more and more like your son Jesus. And so Lord God, I pray that you'd be with this whole entire time. We love you, we thank you for all these things, your wonderful, holy, righteous name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Okay, so we're in a series. We're in a series. Um, we, do, we do series every once in a while, or, and, uh, and, and we're in a new series. We started a little after Christmas. Lord willing, uh, we're going to be through this series until we get to Easter, but the name of the series is, title of the series is, put it on up there, here we go, Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Say it with me, one, two, three. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Last year, we, we, we kind of had to take a step back a little bit to say, you know, why, are we, why do we do what we do? So we talked about loving God and loving people, and then we kind of went through a series where we, the reason why we, we're not able to take forward steps in our Christian walk is because we're, we're, we're so, you don't like the word, I know, I'm going to say it, okay? We're so overwhelmed, right? We're so gosh darn busy. And, and so that's why what's kind of distracting us from doing what we need to do. But, but then we talk about sharing Jesus and, and living like Jesus and, and following Jesus. We need to understand who is this Jesus? Because sometimes we say Jesus and we kind of throw him around real haphazardly and casual when he is truly Savior. He is truly God, right? And so when, when, as we're going through this series, we're kind of looking at who is this Jesus? And we talked about he is, you know, he is, the, the God, he is God in the flesh. He is the Son of God. Last week, he is the overcomer of temptation. I don't know if anybody else got some help with that. I got some help last week. Okay, he's the overcomer of temptation. And so this week, we're going to look at who is this Jesus. We're going to look at he is, he is the one who calls. He is the one who calls. Now, that may sound like a little bit of a confusing uh, title, but when we get into it, you'll fully understand it. He is the one who calls. So let's, let's pick up in uh, Luke chapter number 5, Luke chapter number 5. And it says, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, meaning press him, but basically they were crowding him out. How many of y'all hate crowds? Raise your hand. I despise crowds, right? I don't like going to concerts, too many people. Even if I go to a concert, I want to be like, this is my seat, this is my space. Like, watch my bubble, okay? You got me? All right? Don't touch my bubble, stay out of my bubble, all that kind of stuff. And so Jesus is like crowded up, pressed up, all right? And he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships standing, or, 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 or basically on the shore, okay, sit, sitting there by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Okay, so they're washing their nets because they're preparing for the next evening. We'll look at that in just a minute, okay? So they're washing their nets. Verse 3, and he entered into one of the ships, this is Jesus, which was Simon's, okay, and prayed them or asked him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. What's really cool if you think about or you study out uh, the geography of where he is, it is, it is in, a, in a very low place, and so the acoustics, he could actually be on the, on the ship, and people could hear him on the shore as he was talking and, 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 and preaching and, 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 and sharing truth. Verse 4, now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, okay, launch out into the deep and let your, ne- let your nets down for a draft, okay, or for a catch, all right? So, so go out into the deep and let your nets down for a draft. Verse 5, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken what? Nothing, nothing. Okay, so here's Jesus 
saying to Peter, like, look, I need you to launch out in the deep and, and to let out your nets. Two things. One is the fishermen would never fish during the day. They would fish at night, okay? And also you would not fish in the deep. You would fish in the shallows, okay? So really what he's asking them to do, he's asking them to step out and do something at a different time and in a different way than they've ever done it before. Now, I don't know about you, if I'm Fisherman Peter, okay, I'm looking at Jesus saying, hey, buddy, I know what I'm talking about here, all right? <laughs> Look, we've toiled all night. Here's another way to say it. Look, we've been out here all night, and you haven't been, okay? And we have taken what? Nothing. We've been unsuccessful. This, has been, this is one of those things where if you've, if you've ever done anything where you're like, you get no results whatsoever, you're kind of ready for that day to be kind of over so you can move on the next day. They were done with the fishing, okay? They're like, we've caught nothing. We're going to wash our nets. We'll have tomorrow night to be able to do something. But right now, at this point, Jesus, we've toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. He starts to make excuses, right? He starts to tell Jesus why he can't do what, he, what Jesus is asking him to do. We've toiled all night, and we've caught nothing. Look, I, I've been working real hard, and I've seen no results, Jesus. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Some of y'all are picking up on it. Here we go. Now, what's that next word? Come on, say it with me. One, two, three. Nevertheless. It, nevertheless. So basically what he's saying, like, because of all these things I've laid out to you, Jesus, nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy what? Word, I will let down the net. That look, I, I'm going to tell you, Jesus, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. I feel like what you're calling me to do is really not going to get results. Okay? But, 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 but nevertheless, at thy what? Word, word, I will let down the net. I'll let down the net. That just because Jesus said, go do this, we'll go do this because Jesus told us to do it. Verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net what break so there's so many fish that the net is starting to break verse 7 and they beckoned under their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them and they came and filled both the ships so that they began began to what sink okay now let's think about this peter been fishing all night long and has caught how much nothing but at Jesus' word, he says, why don't you go out in the deep? Why don't you let down the nets? And they get so many fish that the net starts to break and the ship starts to sink. I don't know about you, but there seems to be a drastic difference between what the fishermen could accomplish and then what they could accomplish with who? Jesus. Oh, I'm so excited about where we're going. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, when Simon Peter, what? Saw it. When he saw it, okay? When he saw it. Like sometimes here, here's the thing we need to understand. Sometimes we're like, well, if I could see it. Let me help you with this. Jesus is working all the time. Jesus is working all the time. Just so sometimes we don't what? See it. Okay? Now sometimes we don't see it. And I'm not trying to, I'm going to say this. It's not because he's not working. It's because either we don't want to see it or we choose not to see it. Or, we, or, we, or let me say this, sometimes we're not looking for it. Sometimes we're distracted looking over here when Jesus is doing something really cool over there. 
Ooh, boy, here we go. I, can't, I, I don't know what it is. I'm excited. All right? I know what it is. It's Jesus. Okay, here we go. When Simon Peter saw it, they, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a what? Sinful man. Oh, Lord. Like, what I love is the response. Is this a response of humility? It's a response of like, God, like, Jesus, I'm not worthy of this. Like, what I love about what he's saying is like, look, I'm a sinful man. I'm broken. I'm, 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 I'm frail. I'm messy. And, and man, all these fish. And I, I, would, I would venture to say this is probably the largest catch he's ever had in his whole entire fishing career. And his response is, wow, Jesus, I'm so unworthy. Which should be our response too, right, when Jesus does something in our lives. We see God do something, right? Okay, that's a little commercial, a little tidbit. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, so that's their father Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, what's those two words? Fear not. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. Before he says anything to them about what they need to do, he addresses their what? Fear. He addresses their fear. That what he was about to say, that the, the automatic response for what he was about to say, he knew there was going to be fear. He knew there was going to be some anxiety. He knew there was going to be some, some, some oh, I don't know, Jesus, you sure about this kind of thing? You ever done that with Jesus? Are you sure about this, Jesus? I know, uh, okay. But fear not. He addresses the fear before he ever moves on. Because let's be honest, the reason why we don't step out for Jesus a lot, what's the number one reason why we don't? What's that word? Fear. Fear. And it grips us. And we're like, oh, I know I need to do this, but I'm just scared. I'm fearful. What, what, what will people say? What will people do? What if I mess it up? All these what-if scenarios, and we are so afraid. And Jesus says to Peter, fear not. Fear not. From henceforth. That word henceforth means from, from, from this moment forward. From this moment forward, thou shalt catch what? Men. Men. Now we're going to look at both uh, the other two gospel accounts and the, uh, the two other books that, that talk about this. But fear not, from henceforth, thou shalt catch what? Men. Something was going to be different. So the, the, what, their, what their occupation was of, of catching fish was about to change. It's about to change. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And then finally, in verse 11, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook what? All. And followed him. And followed him. What's interesting is, is in the, some of the commentary I was reading, because there's different gospel accounts of when he calls the disciples in different ways, and a lot of people put this, this timing right here, uh, this is not the first time that Jesus calls them out. That, that Jesus does call them, and, and, and if you look in John 1, where it talks about uh, come and see, come and see, come and see. A lot of people say that's the first time because they were following John the Baptist and now they're following Jesus. But notice what, what goes on is that they were following Jesus, but they were still being fishermen. It was kind of like, hey, when I get done at night, I'll go check out and see what Jesus is talking about, you know, over there by the shore. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going 
to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to keep following this Jesus guy because I'm really intrigued and kind of curious, but I'm going to go back to fishing. But what they did right here, they brought their ships to land, and they forsook what? All and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. What's interesting to see is that sometimes what we need to realize is that it's, for us to continue to move forward with Jesus, it's not so much about what we, what we need to, to do or, or an additional thing as much as we need to be willing to let go of some other things in order to fully go towards Jesus. Now, let's look at, the, let's look at another gospel account. Let's look at another gospel account. Matthew. Matthew, uh, Matthew 4.18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Verse 19. And he said unto them, Follow me, follow me, and I will, what's that next word? Make you what? Fishers of men. Okay, now this is a more familiar part of the scripture, right? Fishers of men, fishers of men. We've heard that before. If you've been in any kind of church setting, whatever, you know, he's going to make you fishers of men. But what's interesting is what we forget is it says, I will, what's that next word? Make. Make you fishers of men. Okay? Because sometimes we see about, you know, uh, sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus and, and sharing my story and all that kind of stuff. And we think, you know what, we're all alone in this. We think, you know, i, I got to do this, but I'm kind of standing on an island here, and Jesus kind of basically told me to do that, and here we go. But he didn't say that you will be fishers of men. He said, I will what? Make you fishers of men. What's really cool is that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, go be fishers of men. He says, look, I'm going to make you into a fisher of men. And we'll look at that in just a little bit, long, a little bit is that it, if, if Jesus calls you to something, guess what? He also equips you to do it. He also equips you to do it. All right, let's keep going. Verse 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Followed him. Verse 21. And going on from thence, going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Verse 20, 22. And they, what's that next word? Immediately. Now, we've seen one word, straightway and immediately, but both of them, you can put them together, okay? It's, it's okay, once Jesus did that, they, and they immediately left the ship, and their what? Father, and followed him, and followed him. And so what's interesting about this is that, that he left, so they say, you know what, where immediately they left the ship, so they left the occupation, but they also left their father, who they were in business with. It was a family business, and yet here we have this situation where they leave business, they leave father, and then they go on, they go forward and follow Jesus. Now, one more account. One more account. Mark 1, 16. Now, as we walked by the Sea of Galilee, we saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Verse 17. And Jesus said unto them, I like this, Come ye after me, and I will make you to what? Become fishers of men. Now let me explain this real quick, okay? It's, now you're like, well, he said he was gonna, they were going to catch men, and they were going to make you fishers of men, now make you to become, all right? This, this is a, even though it's a different wording that's used, it's just a, one author taking it from a different angle, okay? 
All right? So I don't want y'all to really think, well, well, that seems like that's different than that. Okay? It's all from the standpoint of making you fishers of men. What I love about what Mark goes into is that I will make you to become fishers of men. That here's what we need to understand. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, you're a work in progress. Okay? You're a work in progress, right? I'll tell it to you because you didn't have a neighbor. You're a work in progress. All right? Okay? We're all work in progress, right? We're all work in progress. I don't know about you, but, but, but I look at my, at my Christian life, and, and I, I'm, I'm thankful that, that I've taken some strides, but also from that standpoint, I feel like I have a long way to go, right? And so when we look at this, that, that not only is going to make us fishers of men, but he understands that there's a, there's a process there, okay? Because so many times I think we get caught up in, well, I'm going to be fishers of men, so I've got to do all of this. No, it may be just the fact that you just need to do a little bit of that. And next time, do a little bit more of this, and a little bit more of this, and a little bit more of this. Because here's what you want to do. Jesus is molding you and making you and forming you and helping you to become that when he sees you, he goes like, like, wow, look, he is a fisher of men. But it's a, it is a, it is a process he's taking you through, right, to make you to become this way. Now, here's what's interesting about the whole make thing and all about the becoming thing. Some of us don't want to be made into anything by Jesus. Some of us don't want to become that. So here's what we do. You can do it if you want to, Jesus. Try your best. Right? Here's what's interesting. Jesus wants to make us a fisher of men. He wants to become like fishers of men. But we have to be willing to be made. We have to be willing to become, right? Okay? But here's the thing. I want you to understand this. That was the goal. Like when he, when he said, if you follow me, this is what's interesting, if you follow me, it's not I might, I could, I can, it's follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. What's interesting is when we decide to follow Jesus, Jesus says, okay, great, now I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I want, I, want, I, want, I want everybody to understand this and get this, that, that it is not really from the standpoint of you can say, well, you know what, Buchanan, I, I'm, I'm going to do this part and this part and this part, but that fishers of men thing, I'm going to let somebody else do that. That's not how it works. If you follow Jesus, he will make you a fisher of men. Can I get an amen? Verse 18. And straightway, there we go, that immediately straightway, they forsook their nets and followed him. Verse 19. And when he had gone a little further from thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the ships mending their nets. Verse 20. And straightway, twice we've streamed straightway, okay? He called them, and they left their who? Father Zebedee in the ships with the who? Hired servants and went after him. Now we see a little bit more, a little bit more uh, understanding of what this family business looked like. This was a lucrative business. Okay, this is not this is not uh, Zebedee and his two sons just you know, hey, we'll all get a boat together and we'll see what happens. All right, this is a fl- this is a like a full fledged like going after a business. He has hired servants, hired servants, so he's got employees. I don't know about you, but you got employees. You're now a pretty decent business, all right? 
Some people are self-employed, and you know what self-employed means? I'm by myself, <laughs> okay? But if you are to a place to where you can hire people, that probably means you're doing a little bit better for yourself. And remember, it's a family business. So when Zebedee dies, who gets the business? The sons get the business, right? And yet, so we have this lucrative family business, and yet they leave the family business. They, they, they leave the business. They, and let me say this too. They leave the trade. If, if you want to look at this from the standpoint too, that really you are kind of someone, someone born into your trade. Like if your dad was a fisherman, you're probably going to be a fisherman, and your kids are probably going to be a fisherman. Like the, it, was, it was not a, hey, go to college. It was, what trade are you going to learn? Well, dad does this, so I guess I'll do that. So this is really the only thing they've ever known, right? They've never known anything else. They've only known how to fish. And so they live the only way they know how to make any kind of income for themselves. They leave a business that, that is, is being successful. And by leaving the business, they also leave their family. They leave their father and follow Jesus. Now, why do I say all that? Because here's what I want to help you understand. Following Jesus is going to cost you something. Following Jesus is going to cost you something. Now, I know here's how, we want to, here's how we want to follow Jesus. We want to follow Jesus, and we want to do our own thing, and we don't want to sacrifice, and we don't want to suffer. And we don't want to, but it, but here's, here's what I want to help you with, is that if you're going to truly follow Jesus, it will cost you something. Now, here's what's interesting. Anything worth having in this world, guess what? It comes with a what? A cost. It comes with a price. It costs you something, Right? I mean, think about, think about the home you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, all that kind of stuff. That wasn't free, <laughs> right? That wasn't free. If it was, awesome for you. Like, <laughs> great, okay? It wasn't for me because it came with a what? Cost. It came with a cost. But anything worth having comes with a cost. And here's what I want to help you with. It also comes with Jesus, when you follow Jesus, it may cost you something. Here's what's interesting. We talked about that fear. It may cost you, from the standpoint, it may cost you your comfort. It may cost you your convenience. It may cost you your, 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 your uh, shyness and, and, and anxiety and stuff like that. It may cost those things. You may have to put those things aside so that you can follow Jesus. It's going to cost you some things. But here's what's really interesting about this whole deal. I promise you, man, I, 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 y'all can be with me or not. I promise you it was a cost worth paying. Because what, and, and, and you, if you walk through and we look at the Gospels, and sometimes disciples get it right, and a lot of times they get it wrong, okay? But to, but to go through their life and to see what they were able to see and the impact they were able to make from the standpoint of how Jesus used them, I promise you, it, it compared nothing to, to the trade they did, the business they had, or even the family they had to leave in order to follow Jesus. I promise you that. Now, what's really interesting about this, what's really interesting about this, and this is so cool, so single. Do I have anything else on that verse? That's the last verse, right? Okay. Here's what's really interesting about this. Because we see this, when we, when we look at this, here's this fishers, and then he's saying, I'll make you fishers of men. We look at this, and we're like, man, that's a, that's a weird kind of understanding, like catching people, all this kind of stuff, whatever. But here's what's really cool about this. All right, so, uh, so um, the, these fishermen, Peter, James, and John, okay, the, they, are, they are going out there, and they are catching live fish. 
Okay, do y'all understand that right? Okay, you, you, you don't catch, never mind. Okay, all right, so if you thought your fish was dead as soon as it hit your hook, you're, that's a problem, okay? No, you're murdering that fish. I just want you to know that, all right? That was a bad way. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Are you all, that, are you all those kind of people where we, we don't, okay, whatever. All right, so a bunch of vegans around here, I guess. I don't know what's going on here, all right? So you are, you are there. When you're a fisherman, you are catching a live fish that will what? Die. Say it with me. That will what? Die. But in reality, when you become a fisher of men, you catch dead men that can become what? Alive. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Woo, this is so great, okay? So I'm just saying, you got, I mean, like literally, let's look at this, okay? Would you rather catch something alive that's going to die or catch something that was dead that would be alive? Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Now, Here's, I got to tell you this story, okay? Got to tell you the story, all right? Um, so this week, this week, because I want to, there's a difference between me encouraging you and equipping you, all right? I can encourage you all day long, but some of you are like, I don't know how to do it. I shouldn't have said it that way. I don't know how to do it, okay? <laughs> but, so I, 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 I don't, sometimes you can be encouraged, 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 but I want to equip you today, okay? I want to equip you, all right? So I want to tell you a story. So this week, excuse me, two weeks ago, um, under, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit uh, impressed on me that the Centos guy, the Centos guy who does like our toilet paper and mats and all that kind of stuff, um, I need to share my story with the Centos guy. And so, all right, um, uh, so he comes in two Wednesdays ago, and I talk myself out of it. So I'm just being real with y'all, okay? I talked myself out of it, and here was my excuse. You'll love this. You'll love this, Steve. Here's my excuse. We're not there in DMD yet, so when we get to that chapter, then I'll share my story. Really lame excuse, right? It's okay. You can say it. That's a lame excuse, right? <laughs> yeah, I know why y'all didn't want to do it, because I was about to catch you. Guess what? When you don't share, a go- share the gospel, guess what they are, too? Lame excuses. Oh, y'all walked right into it. <laughs> All right, so here we go. That was a lame excuse. And so, so uh, I was supposed to share it last, two Wednesdays ago. I didn't share it. So I went to a pastor's fellowship on Thursday, and I was sharing, and I will. Like, I'm going to do this. And I said, I'm going to share my story with the, with the Centos guy. Then I, then I talked to the DMD on, on Sunday night, disciples making disciples. We've got a cool seven people, by the way. It's really cool. Ah, I'm so excited. And I said, I'm gonna, uh, my I will was, I'm going to share my story with the Centos guy. Steve, don't make me out to be a liar, okay? Did I say that? That was my I will. Okay, there we go, all right, all right. If you think Steve lies, that's your problem. All right, okay, he's a really honest, nice guy. All right, but, and then Tuesday morning at, at Coleman staff meeting, I go to Col- the Coleman Kappa campus and have staff meeting with the Coleman. I said, I'm going to share my story. Now, some of you are like, why did you say it to so many people? Because I needed the accountability, all right? I needed to know that I got, I got pastors keeping me accountable, I got DMD people accountable, and I got um, uh, Coleman staff keeping me accountable. So Wednesday, I come in, and I'm like, hey, Jennifer, I'm going to share my story with the Centos guy. And she said, great. He goes to church, and he's already saved. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? But Jesus said, like, share your story with him. Share your story with him. Okay? And, and, and let me help you with this. I've never heard the audible voice of God. All right? So I'm not something special. All right? I know if you can and hear some God. All right? No, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Now, has the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, and nudged me and, and pushed me and, and encouraged me in a certain direction? Yes. I, I can tell you, my spirit, like, like I, 
I'm telling you, I, 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 immediately as that Centos guy went in, it was like God said, he needs your story. So I just want to say that from the equipping standpoint that, that the, the Holy Spirit helped me, okay? So here we go. Um, so Jennifer's busy when he gets here, so I'm going to come over here. I'm going to unlock the door. And I said, tell me your salvation story. So he tells me what church he goes to, and then he tells me a salvation story. Well, then he says another comment, and I won't say that right now, but he says another comment, and it got me wondering. Because if you're saved, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be having that particular, it was a doubt, basically, okay? Um, and so he said that. And I said, okay, I hear what you're saying. Do you mind if I share, share my story with you? So I shared my story with him. And, and, and I'll just be honest with you, like I'm getting all nervous and all, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you, anybody like me, you get nervous and you talk real fast. And some of you are like, you talk fast all the time. Yeah, maybe I'm nervous all the time. I don't know. Okay, all right. So, but, but I, I share my story with them and I'm kind of going after it and all that kind of stuff. And I said, here's the reason why I shared my story. Because, you know, my thing is I want to make sure, like beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you died tomorrow, you'd go to heaven. Can you say if you died tomorrow, you'd go to heaven? And he said, I don't think I would. Well, he said he was saved, but now when he's faced with the standpoint of, if you were to die tomorrow, would you go to heaven? And he's not sure. And so I'm thinking, okay, Romans Road. I couldn't think about it. Okay, I just I blanked. I was like, Romans something. Hey, ABC. Like, I just, like, <laughs> ABC, admit you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose, and rose three days later in victory over your sin. Confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. ABC, it's that easy. And I'm just like, would you want to do that? Do you want to do it now? Do you want to do it now? He's like, let me tell you something first. I'm like, no, like you're right here. Like, don't leave me, okay? Like, I'm, I'm about to lose him. It's like I'm, I'm like reeling him in. All right? So they're, bad pun. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, but he's like, I got to tell you something. I'm like, no, because you're this close. You're this close. You're this close. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, honestly, I've not been very happy. He's in his mid-20s. He's got a fiancé. I mean, to me, I'm like looking at him going, you got a good job, got a fiancé. I mean, things are looking good, but he says, I just don't feel like I've been happy. It's like I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I maybe, you know, and then I go, go, go to sleep, and then, and then I get back up, and I go to work, and I eat dinner, and I go to sleep, and then on and on and on. Can I get a witness on this one? Okay? Just kind of blah, going through the motions, right? And here's what he said. Here's what he said. I feel like something is missing. I feel like something is missing. And here's what he said. I think that missing thing is Jesus. And I was like, you're right. So I'm like, ABC, 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 ABC. Come on, let's do this. And so I prayed. He prayed. He received Christ. I said, if you were to die right now, where would you go? He said, to go to heaven. I was like, man, that's awesome. I'm like, can I hug you? Kind of weird, Centos guy, whatever. Come on in, buddy. All right, give me a hug. And then I said this. I said, look, I feel like, I, I shouldn't say I feel like, it's my responsibility not just to, uh, to, to point you to Christ, but it's my responsibility to disciple you, to disciple you. So I gave him my phone number. And I said, here's my phone number. What's yours? That was a hug. What's your number? Okay. But I, I said, uh, <laughs> by the way, his last name is Jackson, which is so cool. Because now when I see him on Wednesday, I'll be like, hey, we're brothers in Christ and we got the same last name. <laughs> okay, so here we go. But I, I, got, I got his phone number. I got his phone number and just said, hey, here's what I want to do. I've heard so many people say this. That, man, I put my faith and trust in Jesus, but I didn't have anybody to mentor me. 
I didn't have somebody to walk with me and help me and, and guide me and all that kind of stuff. And I said, man, I want to be that for you if I can. I said, I promise you I won't blow up your phone. I promise. I sent him one text. <laughs> okay, this is like Friday afternoon. I was trying. I was like, I don't want to be creepy, you know, whatever. I think I would already kind of pass that, whatever. <laughs> okay, but I, I said, but I, I, said I, want, I want to disciple you. I want to mentor you. I want to do all that. And then I said this. I said, hey, have you had this conversation with your fiance? And he said, here's what he said. He said, we go back and forth to church, and we talk about Jesus on the way, and we talk about Jesus on the way back, and just this emptiness and feeling, all that kind of stuff. I said, here's the deal. You've got to talk to her about her salvation story. you got it. You've got to make sure she does too. Now, let's kind, of, let's kind of go through all this, okay? Equipping. Equipping, 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 all right? One is, if you are saved, you've been equipped with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. And you know, like everybody in here, if you are saved, you know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you. You know when the Holy Spirit. So he gave you the Holy Spirit. So he's, 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 he's going to, the person you need to share your story with, the person you need to share the gospel with, that, that, like he's telling you that. But here's the deal. Here's what I hear. Well, I don't, I, don't hear, I don't hear the Spirit, like the Spirit never nudges me or talks to me or anything like that. There's a couple reasons why that is. One, it could be because there's sin in your life. Now, what, what, what could be going on is that, and let me help you with this. When there's sin in your life, that's broken fellowship. The only thing that Jesus is, is, is focused on is getting it back in fellowship with you. So the only thing he's going to do is keep convicting you of your sin. Because he wants you to deal with that sin, okay? That may be one thing. Another thing is that maybe you're just not as sensitive to it as you used to be. Because here's what I figured out is when the more, the more you're in your word, the more you pray, the more you're engaged with other believers and talking about Jesus, all kinds of stuff, I'm extremely sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When I surround myself with spiritual things. But if we're distracted by all the junk of the world, Guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, but he can't get through the mess. He can't get through the junk. Here's another thing, and I've got to tell you all this, and this is hard to say, but maybe a reason why you're not really really or hearing or, or understanding the, 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 uh, the prompting of the Holy Spirit is because God knows what your response would be. Because it's been the same response for a long time. When the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart to do, here's what you said. Two little, two little letters. You said no. You said no. And so every time, every time, every time Jesus has tried to do something in your life and tried to guide you to something and, and put you in a place where you can, you can fully live out what he's asking you to do, you said no. And so why would the Holy Spirit continue to prompt you when he already knows the answer you're going to say? No. That's the Holy Spirit part. That's the Holy Spirit part. There's a reason why it got quiet in here. I know that. Okay? All right? We'll talk about that in just a minute. Next. One is, I want you to understand the power of your story. The power of your story. He didn't realize he was lost until I shared my story with him. So many of us look at our story and we, and we think about, I don't have a good story. I hear that sometimes. Like, I don't have a good story. I don't know what that looks like. Good story. What does that mean, okay? But here, here's, here's why you have a good story. One is, you were lost. Dead in your sin. Bound for hell. That's where you were. Two, one day, 
you found Jesus. Can I get an amen? One day you found Jesus. You put your faith and trust in Jesus. That was a defining moment in your life. I don't know. I don't care who you ask. And if it wasn't this way, then I would check up a little bit. But the greatest day of my entire life was when I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And here's the third thing. Your life changed after Jesus. Your life changed after Jesus. So when it comes to our story, everybody's story who's put their faith and trust in Jesus is an awesome story because you talk about how you were a, a sinner in need of a Savior, how you found the Savior, and then how your life has been different since you found the Savior. So how important our story is. Our story is. And here's what's really cool. None of y'all can say, I can't do that. Because you know what everybody has in here? A what? Story. Y'all have a story, okay? Here's another thing cool about the Holy Spirit. I fumbled and mumbled and I was like, Romans something, A-B-I. Like, the Holy Spirit gives me the words that we need, right? Here's what's really cool. Jesus, Jesus can take what, what my going on, whatever, and it can go out of my mouth. And for whatever reason, there's like some Holy Spirit supernatural thing that happens. And it goes in their ears and it sounds like beautiful. It's like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. Because here's what I want you to know. When you're sharing the gospel, when you're sharing your story, you're doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is doing the work in them too. So here's, the, here's these spirits working one together, okay? All right. Really, really cool. And then finally, and then finally, like, I think the biggest thing from the standpoint of equipping is, is asking the question, if you were to die tomorrow or today, would you go to heaven? And I didn't feel, like, I used to feel like that was, like, pressuring people and, man, I'm going to put a little too heaviness on and all that stuff. But here's the deal. What, what it is is that is reality. If you die without Christ, you go where? Don't, don't say, I know you don't, you're not cussing, okay? It's a real place, all right? If you die without Christ, you go where? If you have Christ, you go where? It's reality, right? And so that's the thing is that if you really want to get somebody and, and pin them down to say, okay, do you, are you truly saved? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Because here's what's really interesting about that. He had a salvation story, but when he was put to, put to the test, like if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? And he said, probably not. He had to be honest, right? He had to be honest. And I, why am I saying all this? Because I want to equip you. I want to equip you to do this. Because I'm telling you, like, it, it can make all the difference in the world. Now, here's how we're going to end this. And I know, it's, a, I know it's, a, it's, it's funny to me. Whenever I talk about sharing the gospel, it gets eerily quiet in the room. It happened in the first service. It happened in the second service. It happened on Wednesday night when I told this story on Wednesday night. Why? Because it's the fear, right? It's the, I don't know, Buchanan and all that kind of stuff. But I promise you, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Now, here's how I'm going to challenge you with this. Some of you are not going to like this challenge because what's about to happen, okay? I'm challenging you to share your story with one person this week. One person. A neighbor, a coworker, a classmate, uh, somebody at the ball field, at a place you go shop, whatever it may be. I want you to share your story with one person this week. Now, here's why you don't like this challenge. Because the Holy Spirit is already starting to talk to you. And here's what's interesting. The Holy Spirit, and for some of y'all, has already put the name 
of the person you're supposed to share your story with this week. It's already on your mind. This is why y'all don't like the challenge. <laughs> because now, here, here, what's interesting, you can try to not think about it, and what do, you, what do you do? It's almost like when you try to not think about something so hard, guess what? You think about it more. So I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you this week. Share your story with one person. Now, if you really want to be bold, if you really want to be bold, it, go outside your household, okay? Because, and I'm not saying that there's not people in your in your family that need to know need to know your story and all that kind of stuff. But go outside your household. Like I, I was going to say, like your family, but for some of y'all, the hardest person is your actual family members. You know, not your immediate family, but your extended family. But sometime this week, share your story. And here's what I want to help y'all with. And I know y'all are like, if you can, then stop talking about sharing the gospel. I can't do it. All right? I'm sorry. Savannah, would you agree that it is central to the gospel that we share our story? Well, you're going to see it over and over. It's, it's part of it. And here's what, what's, what's interesting. Some of you are saying, no Buchanan, I won't do that. But let me help you with this. You're not saying no Buchanan. You're saying no to... Let, 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 let's make it personal, right? Let's make it personal. Let's make it personal. It's, it's that J word. It's that J name, okay? We're saying no to who? Jesus. We're saying no to Jesus. We're saying no to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like saying no to Jesus. I don't like saying no to Jesus. And so I want to challenge you this week. Step out. Step out. Step out. i got to tell you one more thing. I, got, I had it written down here. I want to make sure that I don't miss this because I think this is important, okay? This is the part I had to make sure I understand. Because <clears throat> a lot of us, talking about the equipping, a lot of us put all of the emphasis on us. On us. We have to do this. If we don't do this, we fail. Okay? Now, here's what's really interesting. I keep, I keep track of every single person I have a, com- a gospel conversation with. I've, I've kept up with it since May. I have, I have and this, uh, this is a side note. Um, I counted it up. I've, I've, I've talked to 64 people since May about their salvation. 64 people, all right? Now, I'm going to throw out Guatemala, all right? Not because Guatemala people don't matter. It's because, unfortunately, sometimes we'll be really bold in a foreign country, and we won't be bold across the street, okay? So I'm just going to say I love Aluvia and Eric, and I'm not saying that they don't count, whatever, but I'm saying from the standpoint of, of why I've been here, okay? We took out the Guatemalan people, 64 gospel conversations, okay? And, and the Centos guy is the first one I've led to Christ. Now, why do I say that? What if I'd have stopped at 63? What if I stopped at 63? Because so many of us, we, we, you know, I've done that before, Buchanan, I've tried it once, or I've tried it five times, or 10 times, or 25 times, or 37 times, or 42 times. I've tried it 63 times. So I want to encourage you, if you don't see results, it's okay. Guess what? There's another person and another person. and another. Would you all agree there's a lot of people who need Jesus? Okay? So don't give up. Just because it doesn't go well the one time or, you know, every single person I've come in contact with is saved, you're eventually going to run into somebody. Let me help you with this. The Sintas guy said he was saved, and he wasn't. Okay? 64 people. But here's, here's what I want to help you with. Okay? Now, let's talk about... Let's talk about the, this, wrap it all up. Talk about this gospel account, okay? So you have the fishermen and you have Jesus, okay? The fishermen and Jesus, okay? The fishermen have a responsibility. 
in what Jesus is calling them to do. He say, Jesus says, launch out into the deep and cast out your nets, okay? So here's what they had to do. They had to be willing to fish. Say that with me. They had to be willing to fish. They had to be willing to fish. They had to throw out the net, okay? Here's really interesting, though. Who provided the results? Jesus provided the results. So let's talk about what is our responsibility. Our responsibility isn't to save anyone. Okay? It's not our responsibility to save anyone. Let me help you with this. You can't save anyone because you didn't die on a cross and rise up three days later. You can't save anyone. The only person who can save somebody is who? Jesus. So what are you responsible to do? You're responsible to throw out the net. Throw out the net. And that's all I'm asking you to do this week. Just throw out the net. Just throw out the net. If somebody gets saved this week, awesome. If somebody doesn't, that's okay too because you are just responsible to what? Throw out the net. Let's everybody stand. Everybody stand. Man, I'm so excited.